When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. I mean, I think he's, uh, he's showing you that he can deliver the ball. He can play well. Uh, he has a great attitude. He's a great guy. He's a great guy to be around in the locker room. So as far as him as a man, he brings what you need from, a, from the quarterback position. So as far as like the leadership and, um, and then me having him as a teammate, I, I love him. You know, I think he, think he does everything that he can. So uh, I'm not saying that make or break season because, you know, the quarterback position is hard. I don't see you out there, Chris. Stefan Diggs there talking with uh, reporters, one specifically who asked the question there um, today as the Vikings prepare for the Atlanta Falcons. And joining us on the show now here on Purple Daily is Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. What's going on, Eric? Hey, man, I'm excited. This uh, the season's finally started. I know, I know. We're, and we get an NFC North matchup right away. So it's like we get even a, a nice little taste of uh, what's going to happen then on Sunday for the Vikings. Now, something that I can't help but uh, think about quite a bit, including um, their history of quarterbacks, too, aside from Matt Ryan. That's something that the Vikings don't have. But when you go back farther and you get your Jeff Georges and Chris Chandlers and everything else, the Atlanta Falcons, their history, their current team, their trajectory, all all these things, it's like looking in the mirror for the Minnesota Vikings. And I would even go as far to say, and I know that uh, analytics love Matt Ryan, but a guy who hasn't been able to get his team over the top to win a Super Bowl, they were ahead in a Super Bowl and blew it. But uh, there's even some Kirk Cousins similarities with Ryan, who was questioned earlier in his career about whether he could win big games. So I don't know if you're having the same thing, Eric, but I think it's kind of astounding how similar these teams are. Yeah, you can go back to like Chris Miller, Doug Glanville. I mean, they had you know, Dennis Green and Doug Glanville were like are very similar. Jerry Glanville, Doug Glanville, Jerry, a baseball yeah. player for the Cubs. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and to the point where Kirk Cousins and uh, Matt Ryan both played under Kyle Shanahan in that sort of similar system. Both sort of their careers took the next step, uh, you know, with those sort of comfy conditions that that offense, uh, you know, elicits. Uh, very similar. I think obviously Matt Ryan to me is probably, you know, an elite quarterback, you know, pay anything for that kind of player type of player. Whereas I think Kirk, as we know, is a little bit lower than that. That being said, yeah, it is. They are very similar franchises here. I think, um, you know, neither one has really bottomed out recently. Uh, the Vikings, especially, have sort of always been above, you know, a seven win team for forever. Uh, so you, you kind of do see those similarities. They're very sensitive to, injuries and all that kind of stuff as we saw with Atlanta last year they finished seven and nine. 
So tell me, which one of these teams has a better chance to win the Super Bowl this year, the Vikings or Falcons? I think it's I think it's Atlanta. I, you know, their 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 talent defensively um, is underrated. Uh, you know, they had you know Keanu Neal at safety. They have Ricardo Allen. Both were injured last season for the you know out for the year. They're back. Um, you know, Deion Jones is probably. Uh, in this game on Sunday will be the best linebacker on the field, in my opinion. He was injured for much of last year, Grady Jarrett. Uh, if Grady Jarrett played for the Vikings, they'd have the best defense in the NFL, in my opinion. He's that good of a three technique. Um, you know, where they struggle is rushing the passer and to some degree on the outside of the corner, although Desmond Bond is a pretty good player. Um, but they, you know, they're better defensively than people think. I think the Vikings are probably a little worse defensively than people think. And then at the quarterback position, even though they're similar, I think Matt Ryan's a better version of Kirk Cousins than uh, Kirk is. Yeah, and Matt Ryan is an interesting one. We were talking with Charles McDonald earlier in the week, and he wrote a big, long piece using a lot of PFF stats, too, about just how uh, underrated Matt Ryan is. But, you know, when, when it comes to the Vikings going up against him, the last time they played, he had a lot of trouble even finding open receivers against the Vikings. That was in 2017 down in Atlanta. And now he's got to come to Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings defense seems to really excel there. I guess I, I would be leaning, even though I think Matt Ryan is the better quarterback, and usually you could just pick the better quarterback and you'll do okay. Um, I, I tend to lean on the Vikings in this game because of the circumstances that they'll have at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, and I think you know the betting markets have the Vikings at about a four-point favorite, which even if you add in home field advantage, it still has them installed as a little bit of a better team. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, our projections have the Vikings winning the NFC North by the slightest of margins over the Bears and the Packers. I think for Atlanta, though, the high end, I mean, when you're, and Vikings fans should be thinking this way, when you're thinking about what is success, success is winning a Super Bowl. And I think Atlanta, um, if the things go right, you're much more likely to see them come out of the NFC uh, and compete for a Super Bowl than you are Minnesota, even though on average Minnesota might be a little bit better just because the things that they do are sort of more consistently winning uh, if you get an MVP, you're more likely to get an MVP season out of Matt Ryan than you are Kirk Cousins. And if you do, you're going to be in that 12 and four, 13 and three conversation, uh, and, and you know, in the Super Bowl hunt. So uh, I do, you know, I think I think you know Minnesota's probably favored by a little too much in this game, but I do think that they'll probably, you know, their their chances of winning are more than 50. percent Talking with uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Now Josh Doxson is in the mix here, and. Um, He's not super impressive by pro football focus. His measures of grades and quarterback rating when he's targeted, even when he was playing with Kirk Cousins and things like that. Uh, but in comparison to Laquan Treadwell, the way I, I would put this, Eric, is if you add a baseball player who's like a number seven hitter, you're like, okay, well, he's probably not that great of, let's say, an outfielder or something if he's got to be a seven or eight hitter. But it, what you had before was a double A player, like someone who just had no business being there at all. So so I see this, assuming that Josh Doxson can come along with the offense and figure it out, as it almost has to be an upgrade if he's an NFL player. Oh, I think it's without comparison. I mean, Laquan Treadwell, and granted because he played on a team with two really good receivers and a pretty good tight end, was the least efficient player in terms of yards per route run that we've seen that basically that's been taken in the first round forever. Whereas, I mean, you look at Doxson, I mean, the set of plays where he looks impressive is not empty. I mean, he, especially in 2017, he made his fair share of plays. Uh, I think of a play he missed actually 
that was, you know, would have won a game in Kansas City where he went up and mm-hmm. got yeah. a ball and it got knocked out of bounds or he was out of bounds or something like that. But even then, he was somebody that Kirk Cousins legitimately, you know, looked at down the field as a player. Where he struggled is he simply didn't play as a rookie because of an injury. Uh, and then last season, I'm not exactly sure what happened to him. But in 2017, he showed more in that, you know, small frame than anything we've ever seen out of Laquan Treadwell. And, and so if he can come in and, you know, just add 500 snaps of efficient play out of the third receiver, you know, going up and getting the ball in the red zone, making some plays after the catch. I think it's a huge addition for the Vikings, especially, as you said, given where they're coming from, which is basically no offense to Chad Beebe and OBC Johnson, but you're talking about replacement-level players there. So he's coming in. He's certainly better than that. He's certainly better than Treadwell. And so for a late-season addition uh, to the roster, I think it's it's a good move for Minnesota. And, and I saw a report from someone that there was conversations within the front office in Washington, D.C. about whether to cut Adrian Peterson or cut Josh Doxson because they have other good running backs there and Adrian Peterson is old and one-dimensional. And instead, they chose to cut Doxson. And I think that this is a, a, a really um, important skill if you're an NFL team is knowing when other teams are really dumb. Right. I mean, like Miami, we'll get to them in a second, but great job calling the Texans because you just got a ton of draft assets for the future for an average left tackle. Right. So great job knowing which team was kind of stupid. It's like at the poker table, if you figure out who the idiot is or whatever. Right. And uh, I feel like with Washington, if they drop someone, you got to be like, well, (laughs) like they might have screwed this up. So why don't we try it? Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about this with hockey all the time, right, where it is pretty clear who the fish are at the table. And, you know, you, you get these teams that, that consistently take advantage of them. And I think in the NFL, we're starting to see as the number of trades, we, you know, it wasn't a particularly trade-heavy league uh, for quite some time. And now we're seeing more trades. We're seeing players involved, not just draft picks, but players involved uh, in a lot more trades. You are starting to see – um, you are starting to see a little bit uh, of, you know, sort of looking across and seeing, well, this team, this team's going to give me the farm for Kenny Stills and Larry Tunz- and Tunzel's a good left tackle. But let's be real. I mean, you know, Miami is going to rebuild their franchise based upon just those picks. Um, you know, it, it's very much exactly what you said, where you sort of can identify, you know, teams that are making bad decisions and then go in and say, well, you know, that team didn't, wasn't even unified in their decision-making process on Doxson, so there's clearly even people within his own organization that want him. Uh, and the Vikings had a similar idea with Kirk Cousins as well. Like, just because Kirk wasn't wanted by Washington doesn't mean he wasn't, wasn't very good. It's really, you know, part dysfunction on their part and part, you know, Kirk not being a perfect quarterback. With uh, Laramie Tunsil, it's like I said, always draft the weed guy and then trade him for more. That's that was the other part of it. that's in parentheses. Like uh, when when they used to do albums in like the eighties, when they would have it, you know, in the parentheses. Do people know what I'm talking about? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, I just well, and the crazy thing with Tunsil. I mean, we saw this in Minnesota with Brian McKinney. The value of an average left tackle is just so high. That like he wasn't super. He didn't like the world on fire. He wasn't Joe Thomas, but they certainly they got him with pick what thirteen, and they flipped him for a number of assets. 
And that shows how valuable, as Vikings know with you know their current guy there, how valuable a left tackle is who simply average to slightly above average. Yeah, it feels really weird to be like, hey, team that's going to go 0-16, you're doing great, actually. <laughs> and and even starting someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick who might win you a game or two, uh, but probably not with uh, what's around him there, it, over Josh Rosen, I think is actually a smart idea to not start Josh Rosen and get him killed just in case you want to give him a chance next year to be become your guy. So I think they're playing that really well. And that made me think, Eric, about where the Dolphins are now is where the Browns were a couple years ago. And now we're all talking about the Browns is very exciting and interesting and possibly very good. And I, I wonder if you had the choice, would you rather be the Vikings who are in the middle of the pack to win the Super Bowl in the NFC, uh, upper middle, I guess, or would you rather be the team that has nothing, is going to be super, super bad for two years, but possibly will eventually draft Trevor Lawrence and have an elite quarterback uh, by drafting it at the top, or at least taking a shot at having an elite quarterback and rebuilding the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, they're in such a great position where they don't even need to be the worst team in the NFL to get the number one pick because they have so many assets that a team would be silly not to trade back uh, if if Miami offered them enough. So. They're, yeah, I, I mean, the thing about it is I think you and I both agree the Vikings' chances of winning the Super Bowl are not as high as their fans think. And so they're more than likely destined for the middle of the pack, and in which case I'll take the freedom that the Miami Dolphins have over some of these somewhat confined restraints that the Vikings in the middle of the pack have any day of the week. I, I very much, and I think Brian Flores seems like a really sharp guy, you know, they, they sort of cleaned house in a very, uh, very robust way, and they're starting <laughs> over. And I'm, and I'm pretty, and I'm, you know, I would, I, I like that. I mean, when you're a Vikes fan, you just, you, you're constrained by so many parameters. Kirk is your quarterback for the next year, probably two years. Mike Zimmer is a good enough coach where, like, it, getting rid of him would, would suck, but it also might be part of the solution, and that's, like, not a great place to be in as well. You're a defense-first team, which is very restrictive, et cetera, et cetera. Miami can be whatever they want from this point. And and I think that that's exciting if you're looking at them uh, moving forward as a fan. Uh, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, for just a couple more minutes here. Well, the counterpoint to that would be that you don't know if the rebuild from Miami will actually work. I mean, look at how long it took the Cleveland Browns. And this is kind of, I mean, the Vikings had this situation to some extent, in 2014 when Mike Zimmer got here, of being able to kind of mold the clay in whatever way you want, and they've become a consistent contender uh, now in this spot, and the only reason they don't have their franchise quarterback is because his knee blew up randomly, right? So, you know, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for a team that at least has some percentage chance to win and consistently has under this coach, as opposed to who knows if your rebuild ends up working out really well or not. Well, and that's why, I mean, I live in Cincinnati. That's why people, you know, opt for the Andy Daltons of the world because they're sort of a known average, right? And you can sort of build a team that's good enough for enough fans to come to the game, for enough engagement to happen. Oftentimes, unfortunately, oftentimes the team's goals are not aligned necessarily with the fans' goals, which is to win a championship. And that and that can be, you know, disheartening. But I think the problem is in Minnesota, it's like, well, they, they actually win for a championship and – the, the calculus was difficult at the time, great defense, kind of average quarterback, and then last season we saw how that happened. Now, that being said, 
the Vikings are have never been, frankly, never been dreadful enough. I mean, 2011 was was rough. You know, 2001, 2002 weren't great, but like the Vikings in my lifetime have never been dreadful enough for the for the fans to have no interest in them. Even in 2010, they were such a disaster that it was fun to watch, type of thing. So, like they're and that and that's good. And that's good for business. People always like the Vikings. You know, it might be tough to be a Dolphins fan this year, frankly, given how you know they're they're not going to be compelling in many of their games. They're in a division where they have almost no chance of winning it, et cetera, et cetera. That's the difficulty, right? And, the, and, and we, you know, for, for example, with the Browns, they had such a rabid fan base that they hung around all those years. But, you know, with Miami, who knows? There's more to do there. Uh, Erica, one last thing before I let you go. Uh, when it comes to the supporting cast around Kirk Cousins, we've talked about him for a long time now as an average quarterback who's paid like an elite one, but you know, that's kind of the price of paying poker when they signed him. Now, what would it take? I guess, I don't know if you could put this in statistical terms or not, but what does it take for a supporting cast to be able to raise the level of play of an average quarterback to be a top 10 quarterback or, or top five or, or whatever, right? Because the same guys are in the top Three all the time, Brady, Breeze. Yeah. Um, you know, years ago might have been Roethlisberger. He's fallen off a little bit, but Brady, Breeze are just always there. Rodgers is usually there. So, what does it take when someone is average? Because I look at your rankings from year to year, and sometimes you have guys who make these types of jumps, and a lot of times it's based on what they have around them and what scheme the team is calling. And I think with this year with Kirk Cousins, the Vikings have gotten it right all the way down to Josh Doxson being here. Yeah, that's a great question. The first answer is usually, if I look at it statistically, look at supporting cast up, the first one that pops up is always a rookie quarterback contract and a ton of money spent everywhere else. Right? Right. And, that, and, and unfortunately, that's not where the Vikings are. Fortunately, though, they do have, you know, I look at another place and we're talking about the Falcons this week. Atlanta in 2016 certainly had that. And you're talking about Julio Jones as a player who's the MVP of the league if they don't count quarterbacks type of thing. And you know, if he, if one of Thielen or Diggs has that type of season, then they had, I don't think people remember this, but Taylor Gabriel was one of the most efficient on a per route run basis, third receivers in the NFL. Uh, you know, so if they get that out of their second receiver and, you know, and then the two backs that they had on the backfield that year, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman were both amazing, not only running the football, but catching it out of the backfield. So if you're looking for that sort of perfect, that Royal flush for Minnesota, you're having a, you know, a solid offensive line. Dalvin Cook rushing for a decent amount of yards at a decent clip, but also catching 70 passes for 700, 800 yards and a few touchdowns there. Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith emerging, you know, especially out of those heavy sets, uh, out of play action. I mean, there's a situation where it works for Minnesota. Um, They just need, like, I mean, they need career seasons out of all these people, and the question becomes, Adam Thielen was already one of the best receivers in the NFL last year. Do you get a career out of him? We finally got Diggs for 16 games last season. Might not get him again, you know. So the so the question is is like, there's always a situation with the twins as well. Like they're all coming off career years. Can they duplicate that? And mm-hmm. I'm just skeptical. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. You can follow him at PFF underscore Eric. And uh, let's see, you've got the PFF Forecast podcast. What else should people look for as we start the actual real football, Eric, on uh, PFF.com? Yeah, so on PFF.com, we have all these cool things. We have the uh, win totals for the NFC North as well as all the other divisions. That's up on the website. Uh, we have college football, if you're, if you're into that. Minnesota, a struggling effort against the Jackrabbits last week. But 
Uh, hopefully they rebound this week. And, you know, basically game predictions, you know, uh, yeah, refocused articles about what happened in the game, all that kind of stuff, all on PFF.com. Thank you very much for your time, Eric. We'll do it again soon, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, a common guest here each Wednesday, our first segment of 3 o'clock hour. We'll have someone from the Cincinnati offices at Pro Football Focus, uh, Sam Monson. Uh, Mike Renner was on a couple of weeks ago, so you can look forward to that all season long. We've got Hot Routes coming up next here. You are listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Purple Daily on Score North. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 5 Right, we are back here on Purple Daily. A reminder that you can listen to the show every day, no matter where you are, as long as you have your trusty cellular device. Uh, if you just go to iTunes or your podcast app or pretty much anything that does podcasts and type in Purple Daily, then you can get the show every single day. You're going to need that during football season. Sage Rosenfels. We're going to have touchdown draft tomorrow. Very excited. Can't wait. Very excited about Cannot touchdown wait. draft. This We did home run draft in baseball, and it's been a great success, and there has been smack talking all season long. And it's well, actually dramatic. It hasn't dramatic. been a success for me. No, not for you, but for me <laughs> and for Danny. And so there's a there's a race down to the end here. Yeah. He's got Trout and Yelich, though, That's which is making insane. things difficult. But I have Bellinger. So, um, he, Danny only has the two guys that are probably going to win the MVPs I, of both. Leagues. I know, I know, but <laughs> I, but I picked better with my whole team. So Alex Boone's going to be in on this. And Alex sent me a text and said, if he has the last pick, then he's going to hurt me. So Alex will be drafting first and, uh, <laughs> in every round, no snake draft. So he like never physically hurt you. Is he going to uh, put you like in a yeah, headlock or yeah, something? He's a very dangerous person. So <laughs> anyway, uh, he'll be in with it. So we're going to do that in two o'clock hour tomorrow. And then Alex is going to help break down um, Falcons, Vikings matchups and everything else. So that's going to be lots of fun. But uh, I thought Zolgad was coming back. I have not seen a Zolgad. Now he was out there today. And this is, you'll love this classic Judd Zolgad. Mm-hmm. He was out there today and he said, I was like, so what are, what are you looking for? You know, because I'm asking questions about a piece that I'm going to write and everything. And he says, I'm going to go find this punter and ask him about holding. <laughs> I'm like, you do you, <laughs> that man. Is so you do you. That is I don't so even Judd. know the punter's first name. He is, <laughs> he is still just flabbergasted by this whole punting I know, kicking thing, I know. isn't he? I think he just won't he he will not let it go. It's gonna go on for seventeen weeks this season. He's gonna be focusing way closer than anyone else in America on how Britain Colquitt holds holds the ball <laughs> when there's a field goal. So uh anyway, all right, well let's ramp it up then, Manny. You can I get started. If Zolgad shows up, he shows up. Hot routes. We do it almost every day. Now, it's going to have to get cut down because there's so much to get to, to three questions. Yeah. All right. So this is how it's going to go today. Antonio Brown. I just saw it. I just saw Antonio Brown, his ad for a specific type of football helmet that he's wearing now. <laughs> so he's got, he made money off of holding out to not wear his helmet. Or whatever, or to, to wow. wear his specific type of helmet. And then he got a company to advertise with him. Well played. 
well played. This is kind of like Marshawn Lynch. This is kind of like Marshawn Lynch turning. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Basically, into a brand. Yes, himself. Exactly. Exactly. And (laughs) brilliant work by Ezekiel Elliott and Antonio Brown to not have to go to training camp. And that's what this was all about, right? I mean, people got so upset with me on Twitter, and I got emails about this. They're like, "Brown's a loser. Let it go." Like, just wait. Just wait. He's gonna show up. He'll play. It's just like Favre in 2009 when he came in, visited the Vikings, did like a little workout thing or whatever, and then there was the report and he actually talked to the media and he was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to come back. I'm not, <laughs> not going to come back. It's just, I gave it a go and I just don't think I have it. At and then this like, age, these guys hate training camp. Yeah, and then they, the Vikings go through training camp and then they sign fire. Exactly. And then <laughs> it worked out fine, as it usually does yes. for guys who skip camp. Alright, so I want to start with Antonio Brown. Uh, he did make a little noise today when he sent out on Instagram that the Raiders are fining him over $50,000 for missing practices. Now, it was pointed out by Amy Trask, who used to work for the Raiders, that a lot of times teams send these out and never actually try to collect on them. Okay. But it's just sort of like, so we've got a record of it. I don't know. It was like a technical thing. So he might not even have to pay $50,000, which would be a darn shame if he did. <laughs> uh, I want you to give me, Manny, one thing that you could fine NFL players for that is not currently penalized. So if you had your choice, your commissioner, you are now making blank a finable offense. I think I'm going to go to the Judge Zolgad route here. And find teams for trading or drafting special teams. <laughs> if you draft a long snapper, fifty thousand dollars. Yes, if you draft a long snapper or a punter, I don't mind drafting a kicker. If you use like a sixth or seventh round pick on a kicker, that's I, I can I'm okay with that. Maybe anything above a fifth. Yeah. If you if you trade <laughs> the like Daniel like, Carlson rule. Yeah. Or if you trade up, if you trade up to take a kicker too, that that's a fine as well. Or uh, I guess the uh, Roberto Aguayo rule as well. Yeah. Uh, he's well, he was out what of the second now. rounder. Second rounder. God. Just pure insanity. And somebody pointed out that he hadn't even kicked a field goal beyond like forty-five yards in his last season in college, and they still took him in the second round. So whatever. No one knows kickers. Here's what I'm going to go with. Especially now that there is uh, reviews in the NFL on pass interferences, I'm going to go with if you're a receiver and you stand up and you do the throw the flag thing, you are fined. I like it. It it, it is so frustrating. It is just like you and I go to Lynx games sometimes. It's like watching Candace Parker where it's Mm -hmm. every foul was not her fault. Well, me? Tim Duncan. I love Tim Duncan, but he did the same thing. And and receivers do this a lot with pass interference. Look, bro, we can review it now. So cut (laughs) it out. All right? If anyone believes you, then... We will just review it. And if they don't, we won't. But stop doing that. Stop doing this. And there's one other one. To go along with this, when a quarterback rolls out and he, oh, oh, nobody's really open, I'm just going to throw it out of bounds. And a <laughs> cornerback does the, like, incomplete sign, like, no, shut him down. <laughs> like, dude, he threw it out of bounds on purpose. It was a throwaway. You didn't even do anything. It wasn't an act. It was like, you did, it's not a PBU. It just he threw it out of bounds. Stop <laughs> celebrating that. That's a fine. All right, uh, our next one, Manny. Bill Parcells said that he has been very impressed with Sam Darnold because he isn't trying to be a star in the way that he handles himself. So he's in New York, lots of pressure, lots of possibilities, and uh, there's at least one former New York Jets quarterback who was very much in the limelight in Joe Namath. Mm -hmm. That is not Sam Darnold. So I want you to give me 
By whatever measure you like, where you think Sam Darnold is in the NFL ranking for receivers at the end, or I'm sorry, for quarterbacks at the end of the year. Is he top 10? Is he second tier? Is he third tier? Do you think he's a bust? And then I want you to give me the biggest star quarterback who never acted like it. I actually like Sam Darnold. I liked him coming out of USC. Um, it's it's tough to say because the Jets are just such a dumpster fire, but there is some talent there. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is still, I think, one of the better running backs in the NFL. We'll see how it goes after he took a year off, but I think Sam Darnold can find himself in the top 20. I think I think he can find himself in sort of that 17 or 18 range, maybe, if things go right for him. Okay, now give me the quarterback who was a star but never acted like it. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Troy Aikman. Think so? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I mean, he was with a team that had so many divas around right. him, and he was always sort of the you know. And he went to Pro Bowls, and obviously he's in the Hall of Fame, and was the leader of the three Super Bowl champion teams. The calming force. But you know, in, on a team with Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin, guys who were superstars, and eventually found their way into Canton. And then later on, Deion Sanders comes in and he's got this big personality. I know you're a big Deion guy. Oh, yeah, I was too. Definitely. And Troy Aikman was just sort of that steady, calming force that ran that offense and he didn't turn the ball over very much. He was obviously aided by a great offensive line for a number of years, but he never really was a guy that sort of shouted for the spotlight right. to be on him. He was just sort of that steady guy that came in and did his job every every week for the Cowboys. So I think Sam Darnold, this might be a hot take here. I think he has top 10, fringe top 10 ability okay. that he could take a big step. Like you said, Le'Veon Bell is there now. And if Adam Gase is not a huge truck fire, which is a huge what if. Yes. <laughs> but even then, the way that Sam Darnold ended last season, he was spectacular, even though they didn't have great coaching or great weapons or anything like that. He has the capability and I think the uh, mental capacity. I like him. Plus, when Trevor Simeon is your backup, I mean, he's just <laughs> going to raise the level of play. I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I really do believe, like you said, in his talent and think he could be fringe top 10 by the end of this year. Now, uh, there's a, quite a few quarterbacks that you could pick here for guys that did not act like the biggest superstar, but I'm going to go with Philip Rivers. Okay. Philip, Philip Rivers, um, maybe you could say he was over the top sometimes with like yelling at fans and, and he always sort of burned hot, but he never acted like sort of a big megastar quarterback. He was kind of one of the guys, or still is. Just mm-hmm. and even and even the way he acts, even when he does have a little bit of a tantrum or whatever else, he's very fiery, very competitive. But I never have felt like he said, "Look at me, I want to be the big superstar and everything else." He's sort of an understated fringe Hall of Fame quarterback. I've always really liked him, but I gained so much more respect for him when he went out there in that AFC Championship game in 2007 yeah. on a torn ACL. And the Chargers actually hung with the unbeaten Patriots at that time. I mean, the Chargers hung around them. And they Ladanian Tomlinson ended up sitting out that game because he had a knee problem and Rivers is out there with a torn ACL and he's just gutting it out. And that just took my respect for him all the way up to to another level. And, and they have not had an offensive line in how long. We've never heard anything like that. He doesn't get coaches fired. Yeah. He, there are no think pieces about Philip Rivers' personality like with Aaron Rodgers. And he's not in commercials or anything else. He really does not act like he's a big superstar. Uh, last one for you, Manny. Jared Goff signed a massive contract today, a $110 million contract yeah. extension. What is more likely 
that Jared Goff wins a Super Bowl during this next deal in his contract extension or that he gets traded? I think it's more likely he wins a Super Bowl. I think with with what they have, they what the Rams have done, and there's going to be moving parts. And you know, if they if they're paying Goff this much, there's going to be some guys that they're probably going to have to let go over the next couple of years just because of salary cap and everything. But I think the foundation that they've laid down with Sean McVay, one of the best, if not the best, offensive mind in the NFL. I think they're going to put themselves in position for a number of years here to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they're coming off a Super Bowl appearance where, I mean, if it's anybody other than the Patriots, the Rams probably win that Super Bowl. Um, I think it's pretty likely they win a Super Bowl before they trade Goff. So over the last two years, this is a guy who's being questioned quite a bit uh, about whether he's really a true elite quarterback and all that. Last two years. 24 wins, 7 losses, 60 touchdowns, 19 picks, 101 quarterback rating, 8.2 yards per attempt. I mean, I I understand that Sean McVay is very good at this and that they have lots of weapons and they've given him a a ton of help and a great system and everything else. But I don't think that you just show up and go 24-7 and over two seasons and get your team into the Super Bowl. I think much more that Jared Goff is in the Matt Ryan ballpark of not Brady, not Breeze, but right after Brady and Breeze is is where he should rank in the NFL. And let's remember, he was a number one overall pick. Like, this kid is talented. He's got the physical skill set to be an elite quarterback to be able to put this team in positions. Now, if, if... Things sort of fall apart for the Rams for whatever reason, and McVay gets fired or moves on or something, and then maybe things could be different. But right now, I think as long as he's got Sean McVay and he's got the physical tools that he has, they're going to be in a position to contend every year. Uh, before we take the break, some breaking news that Laquan Treadwell has worked out for the Detroit Lions. You know that it went bad when they don't even sign you right away. They need you to come and do a workout first. <laughs> and you're a first-round pick who played significant time over the last two years, and they're still asking, eh, why don't you come, why don't you put on, put on some Lions shorts and go run around, and we'll see if we're really interested in signing you. That every, is a sad situation. Every time now a, a wide receiver working out or whatever, a first-round wide receiver working out with the Detroit Lions comes up, I'm just going to think about the Matt Millen era. Oh, yes. Where he's just yes. drafting receiver after receiver after receiver. Yeah, if his name five. isn't Mike Williams then or Roy Williams or any kind of Williams, then why are they working <laughs> Charles out? Charles Rogers. That's, that's Matt Millen's question. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, and I want to circle back on something that Eric Eager said. Would you rather be the Vikings or the Miami Dolphins where you have a complete clean slate? Let's discuss that uh, when we return here. A few more minutes on Purple Daily on Score North. Purple Daily on Score North. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It is time for a score north download. My name's Manny Hill. It is uh, three forty-two, and uh, we had Sage Rosenfels on with us purple in Purple Daily last hour. And uh, Matthew Collar asked uh, Sage about the Josh Doxson acquisition by the Minnesota Vikings and how that uh, could work out for them this year. And I think uh, it helps 
uh, that you know he and Cousins have a couple of years of playing together. That helps actually a lot because that means that you know, listen, every team runs curl routes and skinny posts and you know these timing routes, out routes, these things that were you know the accuracy and, and the footwork and all thing has to be really really precise. These guys have been doing that for years or have been doing that uh, for a few years, so that's a nice thing right off the bat. You can hear that entire conversation uh, with Sage Rosenfels and Matthew Collar. Hour one of Purple Daily today. That is actually up now on scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. So be able to uh, check that out right now if you please. Now back for uh, one final segment of Purple Daily. Thank you very much, Manny. Uh, I'm sure you mentioned it, but I'll mention it again, that if you do want to listen to more Sage and you download the podcast, uh, give it the five-star review because that helps other people find the Purple Daily Show. That is what I've been told to say on the radio. So, uh, we found Zolgad. He was outside practicing his holding. So I want this opinion from both of you, Manny and Judd. Eric Eager earlier for Pro Football Focus said that if you had the choice between being a team that has a really great chance to be mid-pack in the NFC, that's going to be a 9 or 10 win team, most likely, or you had the chance to have a completely clean slate like the Miami Dolphins and you could lose for a couple of years and draft at the top with a quarterback, that most of the time he would pick the team that has the clean slate and all the draft picks and everything else. But I think there is an argument for you're going to put a lot of people in U.S. Bank Stadium and they're going to win games at U.S. Bank Stadium and they're going to be competitive. And I think there's a better than not chance that they're in the playoffs. If you get in the playoffs, you've got a shot and you're in the NFC Championship just two years ago with this team. So it, it, like punting on that for something that is completely unknown is very hard. I, you know what, with where the Dolphins stand right now, and I don't think that they have a direction. See, the Vikings have a direction. The Vikings, I, I get Eric's point, and it's not a bad point. And in some cases, I love the art of uh, of trying to lose games and dumping. So I actually like it. But in this case, if you ask me, so so you're saying I'm either franchise A or franchise B, right? And so I got to inherit all the things that go along with the Dolphins, who have been a dumpster fire for how long now? It's not just a couple of years. They've been a dead, while. They used to be a great franchise, man, but now they are just a complete mess. Uh, you're making trades on speculation of, oh, we'll get these draft picks. Now, now if they get the quarterback, what, the Clemson kid, if they get the Clemson kid in a couple of years, I might change my mind entirely. But uh, the Vikings, I mean, they've got a new stadium. They've got a beautiful practice facility now. They've got a lot of good things. They've got a lot of people that probably would like to play and work here. I can't see swapping out. I, I get the I get the exercise. I can't see doing it with where the Dolphins stand right now. I think for me it depends on if you're that middle-of-the-road team. I think it depends on if you have a quarterback or not. I think if you have a quarterback, if you... If there are no question marks about your quarterback, but just the the rest of the roster is just sort of say if you had up Matt in the Ryan. Air. if you yes if you're the Atlanta Falcons for example, I would take that over what the Dolphins have because if anything anything can happen in this league if that quarterback gets hot you can get a situation like what we had with the Baltimore Ravens where Joe Flacco just got hot and they went on this run and they had enough and everything just sort of fell into place for them I mean that. We've seen that happen a number of times in the NFL. We saw it happen with the Giants and Eli Manning twice. Both of their Super Bowl runs, they were a 9-7, and 10-6, mm-hmm. middle-of-the-road type of team, and they just got hot at the right time and won two Super Bowls. Um, but if, if you're 
that middling team and you don't have a quarterback, I would rather much rather take the Dolphins situation. Because if you don't have a quarterback and you're an average team, you're just not going to go anywhere. You're going to be average. So the, the way there's a couple different ways to look at this. And I, I totally agree with that. If you were talking about a team that's in the middle, that all you had to do was add some parts and, and you're there. And if you have a great defense, you know you can win. Eli Manning in his prime is a pretty darn good quarterback. The mm-hmm. last four or five years, he's not. But right. in, in the prime, the I think everybody knew as a number one overall pick, the guy had the talent to win a Super Bowl, and they just had to build around him and get the defense and everything else. I think if you were looking at this, if you said to me, let's say that I was just a Joe fan and I was trying to pick a team, I've never tried football before. Let's just pick a squad. I'm picking the Vikings because I know that they've got really good players and they've got a good coach who has consistently won since he's become a head coach. They are a first-class organization. If you're picking an organization, it's very rare that you would find one where players come back to to stay for lesser contracts uh, because they like it and they want to be there. You don't see that a lot. So if I'm just a, a fan with no team, I would say, well, I mean, even the players want to play there in an era where guys are holding out constantly and so forth. If I am a potential, let's say I'm the uh, the hot young general manager candidate, right? And they're saying, oh boy, <laughs> does this guy know his stuff? And we can't wait for Matt to get in charge of... Our team, so everybody's calling me. The Vikings say, "Look, we're probably getting rid of Spielman. You want to take over as GM?" Then the Dolphins say, "Wait, of course we're not going to keep this GM." So, what do you think? I'm taking the Dolphins because I have the likelihood of drafting either Tua or Trevor Lawrence two years from now, which I would probably aim for oh, if I were them. Love that. I've got plenty of time to build this over years. And then I've got the potential to build it around someone who is incredibly talented and number one pick. And the Rams are a good example of how fast this thing can change. I mean, two years ago, we would have said the Browns are the biggest joke in pro sports. They get Baker, they get Miles Garrett, they've got a bunch of cap room and Oh my God, they're good. And the Rams, they went from being the biggest disaster and drafting number one overall and taking Jared Goff, and Fox knows nothing about anything. And there's a lot of teams like that. Chicago, same thing. Then you spend a bunch of money, and right there, you are at the top of the league, and you are very competitive. So if I'm general manager, I want to say, you know what the Dolphins, even three years from now, our team could be great with all of these assets, and it's a young man's league. I'm doing this rather than trying to save, I don't want to say a sinking ship, but a ship that is starting to take on a little water with players who are great getting older. Yeah, but don't you think that if you came here and replaced Rick and had a pretty sound strategy of how to go about things, that you could that you could empty things out pretty quickly? And then and the key is this, though. Can anybody who can find a quarterback? That's the other key. Who yeah. can find a quarterback? And, and ultimately, too, in this day and age, who can find a coach who can coach that quarterback? But you can you, know, you can only find a quarterback in today's game, I think, unless you get super lucky with a top draft pick. I mean, go through the NFL right now and tell me how many teams found a quarterback and developed him. You got Dallas with Dak Prescott, and who else? Everyone has these top picks. That's how you. Oh get yeah, your it's got to be a first round, right? No, I'm 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 saying though that that if you if you got your hands on the Vikings and did things right, I think you could get very bad quickly and then get back up. And you got a lot of good infrastructure yeah, here. But, but and and that's the issue. Is I, I that, question the Dolphins' infrastructure. 
I question their ownership. I question oh, a course. lot of things yes, about of them. Course. So it's I'm saying if here. I'm taking yeah, way if here. I'm taking a job and and I'm spelling out a plan to the Wolves of hey, I got an idea here. We're going to stink for two years, but. That can all change with a quarterback. The quarterback is the culture. Absolutely. The quarterback is the infrastructure. The quarterback is everything. But I'm I mean, saying if, if you have everything around it as well, yeah, that's yeah. enticing. Yeah, this I, is a, this is a great situation. You just need to find, and this has been true for how long now? A quarterback, and that's why I think this situation in particular, or this uh, question about the Dolphins versus the Vikings, is so interesting because it feels like they are in the. How could I put this? Like if it was if it was a clock, okay, then you'd be like at 45 of this team's prime. Like they're in the final quarter of the prime that was built starting in 2014, really, when they had not a whole lot to work with and then they've had to draft and develop and find players out of nowhere like Diggs and Thielen and on and on. But then if like 2017 is probably 30 minutes and now you're at 45, and you've only got so much time left, and you don't know what your quarterback's future is, and with so many talented quarterbacks coming into the league who can do more than yours with like running the football and things like that, you start to feel like, how would I keep this team great and at the top of the NFC North for a long time? And the answer is, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, if Cousins can't do it this year, then I'm not sure. This question, I'm with you. This yes. question will be much easier to answer by like week eleven. Yes, then I'll be able to tell you much easier whether I would rather have this uh, this setup. Something, uh, by the way, um, just announced by the Vikings that is concerning. I would say we'll see how concerning, but I already this is like put your hand over a panic button. Stefan Diggs did not practice today with a hamstring. Oh, again, huh? Back to the hamstring problems. You look fine in the locker room. So I'm not. I'm not going to say panic just yet. But miss, well, are you, him missing a day of practice is concerning. Are you, are you convinced that Brian O'Neill is going to start at right tackle on Sunday? No, of course not. Um, when Mike Zimmer says someone's going to play, then no, okay. I'm not sure. Well, but he did the practice, panic alarm again. But he did practice today, that's Brian good. O'Neill. So that that's means good. I hope he holds up. If he practices today on Wednesday, that means a very good chance of playing. But Stefan Diggs not practicing with a hamstring. Yeah. Already, too. How good is Josh Doxson? Well, that's a lot, that, that's that, a lot to ask very quickly of a, of a guy who was basically a failed first-round pick, just not as big a failure as your first-round pick. This doesn't mean failed. that Diggs won't play, and he could just be resting it. But to even have that word, hamstring, on yeah. an injury report Ugh. with Stefan Diggs... Which is, he's had what in the past? Missed... A handful of games in his career because it ha- was groin hamstring. and then hamstring, or am I? No, no, hamstring. Two thousand sixteen, yeah, two thousand sixteen. All right, groin. Two thousand seventeen. Last year was just one game, kind of a pop up thing. It I was think two he, years ago. He missed a couple games, right? Yeah, and then he was hampered. He missed two games in two thousand sixteen and was hampered uh, the rest of the year by a groin. It's a continual problem. It has been, yeah. That's not a good one if you're uh, the Vikings. The rest of the injury report, uh, Mike Hughes was limited, which is actually good news for Mike Hughes as he comes along and Mike Zimmer said there is a chance he'll be back fairly soon. So, When do we think? What, what's your best guess on when Hughes would be? Um, let's see. Well, they didn't put him on IR, so definitely he'll be back for week six. If week he's four? limited already... Yeah, because you, you still four? have to get him up to 100% full yeah, you're not practicing. Gonna, you're not going to take a chance happen. with a, a guy that tore two... Ligaments in one knee, you're yeah. not going to take any dumb chances, right? Was it week four he got hurt last year? Cardinals in October. Late October, I think so it that was. That would have probably been like probably. Week, week six or seven, yeah. maybe then. Okay. 
All right. Well, this That's is now Diggs. going to be worth tracking on a daily basis, the Diggs hamstring. I would imagine he still plays, but I have no idea. There were times last year where he did his press conference and he said, oh, I'm good. And then he didn't play. And, and, and Zimmer, Can you believe that happens? I know. And Zimmer said, I can't oh, believe he, everything's fine. And then he didn't play because Zimmer hates talking about injuries. So now we've got something to track. I was thinking that the the best thing that happened to the Vikings all offseason was that they didn't have any injuries. But now we'll see how serious this is for Stephon Diggs. So, uh, but and and wait. So preseason game three, it was Diggs who was played in preseason played game and three. Thielen, Thielen was held out because Mike said that Thielen was banged up. Hmm. Well, it's hard to say when he had this hamstring issue because they were practicing um, throughout last week. And then but they obviously he doesn't play, play in Buffalo, yeah, right? So this could have happened at any time. Well, there's something to keep an eye on for week one. Wow, sound and the panic alarm at the end of Purple Daily. A little, little bit of panic alarm, yep. All right, well, Mackie and Judd with Rami, a show that would never panic about anything, is uh, coming up next. Talk Twins, Vikings. Oh, yeah, another big Twins game. Burrios starts tonight, huh? Yeah, that's exciting. All right, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And it'll be touchdown draft and Alex Boone breaking down position by position. Good stuff uh, coming tomorrow on Purple Daily. We'll talk to you then. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.